0: To game and watch the podcast where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. Um, I am your host, Aaron, joined nah. by my co-host. <laughs> my. Are, are are we both the co-host? Did I just did I just swoop it swoop <laughs> in? Did I just swoop in? Yeah, like a certain shadowy bat figure and <sighs> knock you off your perch.
1: Wow. Very nice. Very that well was, done.
0: That was unplanned.
1: Yeah, unplanned. Yeah. Um, and I am James, and I'm disturbed by this Batman movie.
0: Oh yes, the Batman, new in theaters. No Terrible pile of shit. No. <laughs> no. Oh, today we're one?
1: talking about batman forever
0: oh that one oh, yeah okay.
1: would be funny if you were actually completely unprepared to talk about this movie and you thought we were doing the
0: batman yeah that would be a spicy meatball because the batman is a really bad movie it's not um but let's talk about batman forever i'm gonna edit out these comments. all right no you. no you're not they <laughs> no, say I,
1: I won't no. you're entitled to your no. wrong opinion yeah. shall this we is- talk yeah let's let's get into it this is um this i might have had one of the most complex journeys with this movie more complex than most of the other movies if not all of the other movies that we've done and by complex i don't really mean complex i just mean like in how hard i turned on it
0: (laughs) um (laughs) i appreciate i appreciate that yeah let's um, call it
1: what it is and uh yeah you want to talk would you about s-
0: would you say you're a real benedict arnold to <laughs> film batman forever I'm a,
1: I'm a real two-face about you this
0: oh, <laughs> you're of two minds about i'm of um, two
1: minds about it
0: all right well uh yeah let's get into kind of the development the release yeah um so the previous two batman films before this uh batman yeah just batman right and batman yep. returns um were directed by tim burton uh, they were very Burton-y films with a lot of his signature aesthetic and style. Um, he wanted to direct a third Batman film. Um, however, the studio did not want him. Um, he wound up producing. Uh, one of the interesting things is that Sam Raimi was, was considered, um, which is, you know, telling because he would go on to direct uh, the first Spider-Man.
1: Movie. Yeah, that would have been a very interesting version
0: yeah, I mean, better than dude, better than this. That's what, it's yeah. Hard to be do worse. Question. I definitely think <laughs> Sam Raimi. I think I would say like eighty percent of his movies work because um, I think he balances kind of silly kookiness with uh, serious somewhat well. But there are definitely films where that balance is not great. Um, so yeah. yeah, I don't know how that would have gone.
1: Yeah, but the the studio's criteria for why Batman Returns was not a success is really upsetting to me. Because I think Batman Returns is a great movie.
0: I, yeah, I agree. I think Batman Returns is superior to Batman. Um, yep. However, uh, the, the studio wasn't uh, unhappy uh, because of the toy sales. The toy sales were very low for Batman Returns versus Batman. Um, this is still an age where toy sales matter a lot. Um, I think they may matter less now. I'm not, you know. I would the imagine insider. they
1: may matter a lot less, but I, I'm also, you know, out of touch. Not that I was like in tune with the the global economy when it came to toy you sales. You weren't in tune with in, the global
0: economy of 1995. No, I can't oh, say those, that I was. Those pre 9/11 halcyon days. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, um. Also, mainly because, uh, like, the figures, the actual figures. So, for example, the penguin. Um. His figures. He was just considered to be like too grotesque as a character and not really kid friendly. Um, which, to be fair, that's true. <laughs> he is grotesque and not kid-friendly.
1: It, yeah, if you go back and look at these toys, they are a little... Well, I, I don't really think that they do a whole lot better across Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. But when you look at what Batman, and Forever, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin became, and it's going to be very hard for me to talk about this movie without of uh, talking a little bit about Batman and Robin like it's very clear this movie is was very much designed to sell toys. Yeah. Batman and Robin even more so and they are very cartoony as a result and i think that this movie tries to still hold on to the burtonisms and the like to make a batman movie whereas batman and robin just fully said fuck it let's just go bananas and be I, full full-on goofy and some people prefer batman and robin for that reason
0: i can see that i agree with you that uh i felt like schumacher was trying to burden it up a little bit uh and speaking of schumacher so he's joel schumacher a uh, pretty famous very famous director and in- uh, fortunately passed. lost Vader's boys lead. um what lost else Boys. number 23 can we ever forget that one <laughs> not
1: at this time <laughs> yeah. number 23 is a better movie than
0: batman forever oh my goodness those yeah. are fighting words <laughs> yep. um we may have to do number 23 at some point it is
1: it's ridiculous i, I it's thought a, it was so entertaining
0: it's I, that, that's what i was gonna say it's a failure but it's a like fascinating failure very much so so schumacher is actually a good director he has good movies to his name he also has again not great movies to his name but i think he's competent um the studio picked him he was not on the radar for this movie he wasn't looking to direct a batman movie the studio just chose him um, because they wanted a and this is a, a quote they wanted a more colorful faster paced film for the quote mtv generation end quote
1: do you think they gave that did they deliver on that
0: Well, I think so. I think to be fair, he did deliver on that promise. I think the MTV generation is perhaps inaccurate. I think it was skewing a little bit younger than that. Um, But I mean, he definitely delivered a colorful, fast-paced film.
1: I guess. I mean sure let's keep going um <laughs> i have plenty so, of time to say my, yeah, say my piece <laughs> yeah.
0: um so michael keaton who played bruce wayne batman in the previous two films he left um he was going to be batman again um, but after seeing the direction of the film and kind of where the series was going in the script he left so there were many actors that were considered when i looked up uh there's a list of like 30 of them um, but i'm just yeah but i'm just gonna write down some that stood out yep um the first to be considered was ethan hawk um and i actually think that would be a good role for him what do you think
1: i um i almost said i'm of two minds about it without <laughs> intending to make the the pun i don't i don't know because Around this time, even though it is like six years after Dead Poets Society, when I picture Ethan Hawk, I picture Ethan Hawk in Dead Poet Society. And I picture Ethan Hawk in Before Sunrise, which Before Sunrise came out, I think, in the same year. And he's just he's so boyish in that. Even though I think he's playing like a, someone in his late 20s or mid to late 20s, I, I think he's too young looking. Um, I, I Michael agree. Keaton is a very... Competent Bruce Wayne Batman, I think maybe more Batman than Bruce Wayne. But yeah, Ethan Hawk, I think Ethan Hawk around the time of training day would like 2001 would have been a better Batman
0: than yeah. Ethan Hawk in
1: 1995.
0: I think he's a bit young. Um, I think that could be fixed by casting Robin much younger. Um, i think it might be a good idea to have a younger batman um, in this film and batman and robin just because of kind of the silly nature of it Um, i
1: can't say that would have fixed
0: it in my mind oh no 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 (laughs) um Uh, yeah also hey um, you can leave this in but you may hear occasionally uh our female cat is in heat Um, and if you lock her in a room, it makes it 10 times worse. I may yell at, I may yell at a cat, um, a couple of times during this recording. So just deal with it. (laughs) That's okay. I might leave this in yeah it's good Um, to
1: know that your your cat is in
0: heat my cat is in heat so if anyone has any stud cats uh that they want to drop off no please don't we can't afford (laughs) her getting pregnant don't do that oh no um some other batman casting choices that i think would be kind of insane oh yeah would be daniel day lewis that is true (laughs) yeah daniel day lewis was considered wow what like what would even that be like it makes
1: me wonder what considered means just if he was on a list but never contacted that to me is not really
0: considered true but i would just love to know his method acting process for being batman i think he would literally attack vigilante, like attack (laughs) criminals as a vigilante on the street and for that
1: reason alone i would love i would have loved the alternate universe
0: where he plays batman the other one that i think is incredible is both the baldwin brothers billy and alec were considered imagine this film where billy baldwin was batman
1: Uh, both would be just horrendous choices
0: i mean imagine a billy baldwin batman if they went with both (laughs) i just wanted to say a lot of (laughs) both baldwin brothers i
1: mean if we're gonna pick one i'd rather have it be billy because that would have made for a funnier movie
0: that's true Um, Johnny Depp also thrown in there, which is interesting. Um, No, thank you. Yeah, he would play a done-to-death character later in his career. (laughs) Um, Val Kilmer was chosen eventually after a pretty lengthy search. Tom Haley Jones was picked as uh, Two-Face slash Harvey Dent, uh, replacing Billy Dee Williams. He didn't actually want to do the film, but had worked with Schumacher in both of their previous films, I believe um and was also encouraged by his son who was a huge Batman fan.
1: Billy D Williams was noticeably or notably <laughs> I didn't notice. He was salty that he cuz he really wanted the ability to to like see the Two-Face arc take place. I mean he was already not in Batman Returns, which I think he was also salty about, but I think he was hoping that with Burton on And some of the same people attached in the studio that they were going to bring him in to do Two-Face.
0: I fully understand that because, um, like, why would they replace him? Or, you know, if you're Billy D. Williams, you know, you're thinking, why would they replace you if you hear that Two-Face is going to be in the next film? Um, I think they just wanted more star power. And I think Jones and Schumacher worked well together. Yeah. Um, however, there was a lot of difficult behavior from both Jones and Kilmer towards Schumacher and kind of the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly why, but I read Kilmer went two weeks without talking to Joel Schumacher. I read something similar. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's true either or why, but I think that's crazy. Yeah. I do want to see the Val Kilmer documentary because uh, I did hear that. Yeah, it
1: was... I wonder if he says anything about that. Yeah, I, I heard he's very
0: honest and it's a very good watch. So maybe. Um, I don't know if he wants to spend a lot of time waxing philosophic about Batman forever, though. Yeah, probably not. Um, Schumacher made comments generally uh, about, quote, overprivileged and spoil actors uh, and vowed never to work with them again, uh, referring to Kilmer and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, Interestingly enough, Jim Carrey, on the other hand, was considered a consummate gentleman and he was loved by cast and crew, which makes sense.
1: I'm not surprised about that. I'm surprised... Tommy Lee Jones, like, he doesn't seem like the friendliest of people, but he just seems very professional. All right. Like I just would have I always pictured him as just a very professional person, even if he's grouchy or something. He's still very professional about it. And so I don't know. the idea of him being spoiled is a I don't know. It
0: just kind of surprises me, but maybe it shouldn't. I just wonder if he didn't really know what he was signing up for exactly he just saw joel schumacher and was like hey great i love working with him and then when he saw how like silly and not dramatic the role was i wonder if he i wonder if he was trying to get more takes that were like slightly more serious and joel was like nope i want you to be a cartoon character (laughs) yeah Um, who knows who knows um chris o'donnell is robin um do you have any thoughts on chris o'donnell's robin i didn't really look plenty. into it because oh okay, plenty please, well, ta- please, we'll, please, please, well please. i was
1: i was gonna do we want to save some of that for when we talk about the plot because i have yeah like, i think there are times where we should talk about at least riddler and two-face and maybe we maybe we could start we could start the episode on it if you want or like start the plot discussion with just talking about maybe just batman robin two-face and riddler and how we feel about those characters
0: yeah, that's fine. Because
1: um, because they a lot of, these actors are making some interesting choices and I as much as I think this movie is pretty terrible, I am very fascinated by it. Whereas I don't care at all about Batman and Robin. I don't need to know anything more about it. I'm very interested to know what choices were made by the actors themselves for their characters and what were like direction. Yeah. What was direction I, given to them? My I guess is that it was actually much less direction and more just big leaps that they all made and, and also, well, maybe studio direction too. I'm it, It's spe- specifically in the, yeah, in instance with uh, Jim Carrey, but we can talk about that a little bit more.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling that pretty much all of Carrie was uh, improvised, but um. So, uh, Chris O'Donnell is Robin. I don't have any notes about it. I just have two two memories of this. Okay. Um. I thought he was dead for the longest time, like
1: <laughs> when this movie came out, or since this movie. No, came out?
0: like very quickly since this movie came out. Okay. okay. There was another. You mean there after there was
1: another... Batman and Robin, or you thought that was Maybe. someone else? No, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I guess after Batman and Robin. But um, there's a there's an actor who looks just like Chris O'Donnell in the '90s. Um, that I would always get them mixed up. And that actor died of a heroin overdose. And so therefore, oh, wow. I thought Chris O'Donnell was dead for a really long time. Um, <laughs> the, other, the other fun Chris O'Donnell story that uh, I have is that my brother and I constantly joke about the fact that Chris O'Donnell is to this day waiting by the phone for that phone call to be either Nightwing or Robin again. <laughs> and it's just never gonna happen. <laughs> Um, no <laughs> no no no
1: uh in some ways his presence is one of i was about, i'm not It's be being to say it i was i was about to say that it's one of the worst things about this movie but that's just not true there are just so many worse things about this trash trash heap of a movie um anyway the riddler
0: Oh, the Riddler. What, yes.
1: so, so the Riddler was not always going to be what Jim Carrey portrayed him as. Is that no, right? No,
0: and I assume that uh, this is how the Riddler would have been portrayed had uh, Jim Carrey not been cast. He was supposed to be a little bit darker, a little bit more psychotic, and he was always supposed to travel around with a pet rat. Jeez. Um, basically like Bruno from Encanto. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, many of the, like, script lines were written it like laid in um but they lightened up the tone and kind of dropped the rat so um you know a lot of carrie's delivery um and you know physical comedy is kind of his own but the actual words i guess were mainly still from the script robin williams auditioned for the role of the riddler and like genuinely thought he was going to get it because yeah it's a very big name um but the studio was kind of only just giving it giving him the opportunity for like fairness sake and to balance out like cast or, you know, testing Jim Carrey. Um, Robin Williams found out he didn't get the role by reading it in the entertainment news, which I think is really shitty. That is very shitty. Um, And that he was kind of only, uh, I want to say interviewed. Um, He was only considered, you know, in comparison to Jim Carrey knowing that he would kind of not get it, uh, which sucks. Yeah. Um, When did this
1: film release? Uh, It was released in June 16th, 1995. So it was a huge summer blockbuster. It made a lot of money. It was the highest grossing movie of 1995. The big cash grab, I mean, maybe not bigger, but man, did this uh, movie make a lot of money from toys. And can
0: we, can we camp out on the toys? Let's
1: absolutely camp yeah. out on the toys. Because, and this overlaps a little bit with my history, my experience with the movie, but I, I bought the toys before I saw the movie.
0: Oh, um, likewise. And
1: I have, you know, again, I'll save some of this. But, like, I, lo- I loved the toys, especially Two-Face, because, uh, you know, I'll say it probably later and I'll say it again now. But the Riddler has pretty much always been my favorite Batman villain. And Two-Face was a very close second. So this was really just everything I wanted. And the toys got me so excited. Um, still somewhere in my parents' basement, the Batmobile, the Batman uh, figure, Two-Face was definitely my favorite of all of them. The Riddler was actually slightly, I liked the look of it, but I think the action figure itself with its little brain thingy was a little disappointing. How, how did you feel about them? I didn't well, get Robin because I didn't like Robin yet in general.
0: So I think the thing I remember most about these toys is that you could get the very traditional, you know, Batman, Robin, uh, Riddler, Two-Face. Yeah. But you could also get the like alt Batmans for like every possible scenario. Yes. Um, which I found fascinating. And most I got of which of, aren't even
1: in these movies. They're not.
0: They're not yeah. even in the movies. I remember getting a lot of those and it would be like, you know, um, fire-resistant Batman yep. and he'd be wearing like thick armor that was like red or something and it's like doesn't show up in any films pretty sure it doesn't show up in any comics he, I, he
1: briefly has like a fire-resistant cloak in this one but it's not it doesn't look anything like no, the action figure
0: no 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 not at all um and I just like those because um they it was they were always just real weird and they didn't actually occur in the movie and so little kid me would like playing with them and figuring out like okay well why does batman need to be fire resistant yeah or whatever the case may be the other thing uh, i think is that i don't know if it was this film specifically actually i think it was jurassic park i think it was specifically jurassic park Jurassic Park was the big summer blockbuster that like created a bajillion toys and kind of uh, spawned this trend. Yeah, because it continued into Independence Day. I remember having like a bajillion Independence Day toys. Um, continued through Batman and Robin, Star Wars prequels, like just toys, 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 toys. Yeah, um, way more so I think than today. There was a way bigger toy push back in the day.
1: Yeah, and. I wanted to camp out even longer about the, the alt Batmans. Maybe that's a whole other episode because the Batman, the animated series had a bunch of those alt Batmans that I remember buying the figures and being very disappointed when, you know, like Arctic Batman didn't end up appearing in the actual show. It's very disappointed. Yeah. Um, so anyway, toys were huge when it came to sales, I was obsessed with the two face toy in particular, completely obsessed, took it everywhere I went. Uh, yeah. Big, big impact. So, the reception of this movie, uh, it was initially released to pretty mixed reviews. There were critics who very much enjoyed kind of how high energy it was and some of the surprises the movie had and how like bombastic it was. And I think everyone else kind of just hated everything.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's very much a cilantro movie. You either love it or hate it.
1: And it, yeah. And so, some Before we get into our histories, some little extra fun facts. So this movie was nominated for multiple Academy Awards. Yeah. Cinematography. Just let's, let's
0: just, can we just give a moment of silence for that? Uh, especially cinematography. <laughs>
1: yeah. It, it, I, that is one of, the, one of the things I hate the most about this movie is its cinematography. So unbelievable. Um, sound. I almost, you know, I still don't believe it. <laughs> but I'm not going to check it. Sound and sound editing.
0: Yeah, I don't get the sound editing because it's kind of very hard to discern who's saying what sometimes yeah. because of all the like sound effects and stuff going on.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, yeah. It was the first movie to gross twenty million dollars in one day, which seems super quaint now. I my my reaction to that is, how the hell wasn't it Jurassic Park?
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. How wasn't it? Well, I think Jurassic Park Is this Park, is it 20 million in the first day? It, yeah, in the first day. I think twenty I think Jurassic Park um was more of an unknown quantity. Um I think word of mouth and people talking about that's how amazing true. Jurassic Park was. That's whereas true. like Batman, like yeah. Batman has a built-in fan base that right. will like a bunch of people are gonna show up on and day. you have
1: got Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey at the height of their powers, oh, arguably. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of those two, one of the oh, most yes. famous takeaways from this entire movie. Please tell I, the story. And I, I, I believe that Jim Carrey didn't talk about this until like within the last decade, maybe a little bit more. I think he started going on some talk shows and, and telling this story that, that Tommy Lee Jones pulled him aside during filming once and said to him, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. And that is one of my favorite stories about Hollywood uh, ever. Um,
0: Go ahead.
1: I just would have loved to have been there. I can picture it almost vividly, just knowing how these actors act in their, at least in their movies, and sometimes kind of just as their outward
0: celebrity personas. But what do you think about this? So I've actually heard the story in a slightly different way. And And who knows what the real version is, but... Um, I like this. I like this version best. Um, the version I heard was that uh, Jim Carrey saw Tommy Lee Jones dining with his wife or someone. Oh, I'm wrong. You're, I'm, you're right. I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. This, is, this is the story. And they had not like met yet. They had not started shooting the film yet. And Jim Carrey just wanted to go over and politely introduce himself and be like, you know, I'm really excited to work with you on this Batman movie. And when Jim Carrey said like, Hi, like, nice to meet you. That's when Tommy Lee Jones said, "Like I do, not, I do not like you. I can't stand you. I cannot sanction your buffoonery. Like all this really mean, like just shutting Jim Carrey down stuff." And I guess Jim Carrey was just like, "Oh, okay," and okay. just kind of walked away.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I don't, I don't know if there was jealousy there. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones had just won an Oscar for The Fugitive, and Jim Carrey was just in three incredibly successful movies it's it's kind of crazy
0: right but I I can definitely see Tommy Lee Jones being like I don't want to deal with this shit like I don't want to deal with this goofy asshole yeah um yeah I a little out of line but I would say so very very funny so what's your history with this movie so it's probably gonna be similar to you um loved Batman very hyped for this movie. Um, Interestingly though, I had not seen um, Batman or Batman Returns. Actually, no, that's a lie. I'd seen Batman Returns. I had not seen the original Batman. Um, Yeah, same thing. I was obsessed with the toys. When I saw the movie, I thought it was amazing. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I wanted to be Robin, right? Because I wanted to be Batman's sidekick. Uh, Yeah, I just, I truly, truly loved it. And then didn't even really see the movie again um, as a kid, we had the VHS copy of Batman and Robin, which I also watched like a <laughs> million times. Um, so I've seen Batman and Robin many, 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 many times. Um, I've only seen this one a couple of times. I think I rewatched it in college um, and found it to be terrible. <laughs> um, and then I rewatched it for the show. And um, yeah, we're gonna get into into my thoughts in a bit. How about you?
1: Ah, I would have guessed you have, you had seen it a lot more. Like you, like I knew you had seen Batman and Robin a lot. I would have thought this was in the same camp. So th- I think that's gonna bring a unique perspective to it. Um, yeah, I've seen this movie a, a lot. Most of which was like pre. 2000 so i you know we i like i mentioned i i had all the toys i was obsessed i i saw the movie i think i had seen at least the original batman before this and then also like adam west batman stuff too but i you know obsessed with the batman the animated series tv show and in my child eyes my innocent foolish naive child eyes this was gonna be like batman the animated series And I think, and to me, it was at the time, which seems very silly in retrospect. Um, I loved it. I was obsessed. It just fueled my love for Batman even more. So I guess in that way, I owe Batman forever uh, a little bit of a debt, a blood debt that I will repay one day to, to, I don't know, who's collecting Joe Schumacher. Anyway, it, I, I would keep watching it over and over until Batman and Robin came out and then that became, I like, I bought the toys for that. And then I saw Batman and Robin and I thought it was absolutely terrible as a kid. I hate Yeah, it.
0: that. So that's the thing. I also was the same way Uh when I did see Batman and Robin, I kind of knew it was terrible. Um, But again, I don't know how we wound up with the VHS copy, mm-hmm. but literally because Batgirl was in it and the song, kissed by a rose was in it that was enough for me kiss by a rose was this one. Oh yes wait yeah. are you sure positive why though kiss no kiss from a rose from i'm positive i disagree because i, I just know. watched the movie i disagree because kiss from a rose was um for uh alfred and batgirl and the mr freeze thing it was like the rose i'm
1: I, I, i'm i'm, I'm I would bet my life on it.
0: I bet you would. I, <laughs> I should. I should stop because I am wrong.
1: Probably. I. I just looked it up. I am correct. Ah, doesn't there, it make they, so much t- more t- sense. T- and- it does. It, it is two two songs that there is "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" by U two and "Kiss from a Rose" by Seal. Ah, okay. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I really don't have many things to say about that choice, but I think after Batman and Robin came out I hated it so much that I retreated back to this one and also, you know, the older like Batman returns, I became more and more fond of. I we don't need to talk too much about the original Batman or, you know, Batman 1989. I have never really been super hot on that movie. Um it's not bad, but this was kind of like my my go-to. It was like a comfort movie in a way because I was still like at this time I had seen The Fugitive already. I had seen Dumb and Dumber, I, Ace Ventura, like Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey were my favorite actors and they they were going to be in a Batman movie. This was like the, the best thing that it could have ever happened to me. And I, you know, I was, again, I wasn't disappointed at the time. I was obsessed. And I would say probably around the time, if not, maybe a little bit before the time that Batman Begins came out, I when I was rewatching this movie, I started to like it a little bit less than after I saw Batman Begins. I was like, okay, I, I kind of like what Batman forever is doing poorly. Like it, it's fun, but it's just frustrating a little bit, especially in sharp contrast to Batman Begins. And I think it was around college where I watched it again. And I was like, this movie is absolutely horrible. I don't think it's as bad as Batman and Robin, but I certainly don't like it. And that is going to be my theme for the rest of this episode.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, do you want to take us into the plot?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So we got our opening sequence. And this is where I will, I'm going to use this time to talk about a few things, but we're going to get into like what specifically happens. But this is to me, the time to talk about, the cinematography and the lighting of this movie so just there is a baffling choice to overuse dutch angles in this movie there are so many dutch angles and i i just i can't stand it and it 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 like it gets under my skin
0: let's uh, i I don't know when this when this
1: happened huh huh
0: Let's clarify to those who may not know what a Dutch angle is. You and I know what Dutch angles are, but so a du- listeners may not.
1: A Dutch angle is I mean, I guess the simplest way of looking at it is a, it's like a camera tilt. It's like the camera is like off its axis. It's, it's a it's an angled shot. I should have prepped a better definition for it than this. It so,
0: almost looks like someone dropped the camera.
1: Almost. It does look exactly yeah. like that. If you've seen Battlefield Earth it is what that movie was completely filmed in. <laughs> <laughs> like there's like no, there's no, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, you know, there, there are movies that use it very effectively. Like mission impossible has some great ones.
0: 12 monkeys has some great ones. Well, it's specifically an alienating shot um, because you're not getting the full image or oftentimes even the actor's face um yeah it's yeah it's an alienating the
1: thing about it that i don't like is that the it's like so hard to do this without like a picture but like the line that defines like the horizon of the shot is not
0: it's slanted it's slanted
1: yeah that that, thank you i I i wish i would have prepared for that i just was just like fuck Dutch angles. I'm so angry. You're right. We should, we should, we needed to clarify that. So this movie has tons of those. The other choice that is made is Joel. And this is going to be generous to Joel Schumacher. He takes Tim Burton's vision for Gotham and he adds so many lights and fog
0: machines. It's almost, I was thinking this several times in this film. It's almost like it's lit to be a laser tag arena. Yes. Isn't that a- it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's even like an, there's, there's even like a like scene an that looks like it. Yeah.
1: When, when Robin steals the Batmobile. Yes. 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 There are like, there are lights and smoke everywhere in places that it shouldn't. It only, it looks like it's like a stage play at times where you just, you could almost just see like some of the high schoolers off stage, like running the smoke machine. There are like neon blue lights on the Batmobile wheels there's like so much red, blue, and green in general. I mean, I I'm sure if you ask Joel Schumacher, he's like, well, blue is Batman, red is Two Face, and green is Riddler. Like, yeah, whatever. Everything is glowing. Like the, the fucking sky is blue at night. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. like like a like a light like a, almost like a slightly darker royal blue. It's insane. Every time the Riddler's around, there's like a green light coming from sometimes nowhere. Sometimes there's like a clear light source, and other times it's like, where is this coming from? Yeah. And like, there, there are times where there there's lights coming up on the sides of buildings and alleyways when there is no visible no
0: source. And I think when you get the wide shots of Gotham, I think in Batman '89 and Batman Returns, Burton does a great job of making Gotham seem like this grim gothic place. Yeah, but when you get to the wide shots in this one. It almost looks like Rapture from Bioshock. <laughs> it, it, like, in a way, yeah, like a demented crazy. version
1: of, of Rapture.
0: Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's ridiculous. Yeah, and
1: uh, just I, I hate it so much. I find this movie visually offensive, and not just the performances, but just like the the the, the shots, the direction, the lighting. I, I find it, and sometimes some a lot of the costume choices. I find just offensive to my eyes which is again a very sharp 180 from how i felt about this before where i thought that the two face suit was an amazing live action take on two face the two
0: face suit is horrific tell it, us about it
1: it's Two-Face. horrific so okay I, i'll i'll get up introduce two face for in a second and then i'll then i'll then i'll definitely talk about it so the opening sequence you know you batman gets called you see it you know there's a crappy joke that him and alfred have exchanged and then two face is monologuing someone that he's captured he is using that i think it's like a security guard or something he's using that or a banker he's using that person as as bait to lock batman in a bank vault with the same type of acid that scarred two-face so and this is the because it's two-face and we get a little again introduction to chase meridian played by nicole kippen who we'll talk about in a second deduces that uh, in a conversation with Batman, when he arrives on the scene, that Two-Face is doing this because it is the second anniversary of when Batman captured him in the second bank of of Gotham. Fine. I ro- roll my eye a little bit. Well,
0: also, Chase Meridian is a psychiatrist who, I guess, works with the police, like is contracted with the police. Yes. But I don't think those people show up at the crime scene.
1: No, no, they show <laughs> up because it's
0: a movie. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, okay, so... Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face. Let's talk about the suit and the performance. So <sighs> yeah. one side of this suit is a normal black suit. It looks just like any black suit with black tie, things like that. The other side is this like leopard-spotted yellow button-down shirt with this red and black zebra-striped jacket. And it, I don't think it was... Until like when I started hating the movie where I, I I started dissecting that suit and those choices. And I think like as a kid, I didn't really look too closely. I just like, this is just, you just, they just changed the colors of the two face from Batman, the animated series. And I'm fine with that. But this is just also visually pretty offensive. I do find it very funny that this live action version of two face had acid completely straight down his face like the dividing the dividing, <laughs> the dividing line true. like they they didn't even stop to think that this was completely unrealistic for a live action two-face and they just had the dividing line between normal face and acid face being...
0: <laughs> yes. yeah um i never even thought about that i love it too because mm-hmm. you you may write it off as like well maybe the way he was burned with acid was someone held half of his face down but no, later we found out that it happens in court, just like it happens in
1: several yep. versions. Acid of, splashed like, on his it face. splashed
0: and perfectly symmetrically.
1: I wonder if what actually happened is they were, he was in surgery and they were like, well, this is going to look really uh, lopsided. So maybe Let's we just should even just, even just it out. shave the skin
0: off yeah. the rest of his face. Um, the, well, the other thing too is, you know, I conceptually would be fine with Two Face wearing a two-tone jacket. Um, I think in a lot of versions, he's just wearing his normal, like, prosecutor's business suit, but just has a horrifically mangled face. Yeah. Um, but I'm fine with the incarnations of him that have the split-tone suit, like the animated series, because that's really all they do with it. It's like a suit, but you know, Black and white. Yeah. Black and white. Yeah. It's not this. It's not like this is way too much.
1: Oh, yeah. Way too much. And he's very clearly leaned so heavily into this dual persona thing. Like, this movie just is obsessed with giving you and to think about this in the in the in the universe of the movie, he also has like other suits that he's created for very specific situations That's that are true. also two sided, which is very theatrical and not at all how Harvey Dent in the comics is.
0: No, um, the other thing too about this costume um, is that essentially he's really only ever acting as Two Face. Um, he really doesn't act as Harvey Dent. The only yep. time he gets kind of Harvey Dent-like is if the coin flips to, you know, not murder side. And then, like, I think once he said, like, that's how justice works. At or the something. very end
1: of the movie, there's yeah. a moment where, where, where Batman tries to reason with him and he talk very it's, it's very jarring because he talks to him like tommy lee jones like he's like you've always been a very good friend not to get ahead of ourselves and talk about the end of the movie but it's just very yeah odd. and yeah his performance like he is tommy lee jones went this is insane i don't think i've ever i don't think he gives a single other performance in his career oh, that's no. this batshit no, no pun no. intended um he's played the villain in like the under siege movie like and he's not like this crazy in that like he is just bonkers in this he's really going for it and i just would love to know if that was like tommy lee jones's choice to do it or...
0: I, I absolutely do not think so i
1: wouldn't have i wouldn't have thought so but i don't know like he and again a, a compliment i could pay this movie i guess and tommy lee jones is that he's going for it i don't like the performance but i'm kind of impressed with his committal to it like if it's if he was maybe not having a good time making this movie and he didn't like Jim Carrey like it's kind of impressive that he went out they went
0: this hard you know I yeah but I wonder I wonder if they did like the old Dr. Strangelove trick on him where they were like this take we're just gonna do it big and crazy and wild Mm. And then the next take, we'll do it like grounded and realistic. And then they just only use the crazy. That's a great and wild point take.
1: and great comparison. And
0: yeah. would would explain why Tommy Lee Jones hated all of this. Yeah, because maybe like his agent got some hands on like some cuts of the movie, and they're like, "Ooh, they only use the crazy version of you."
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very possible that Joel Schumacher was just like, "Do it more cartoony."
0: Yeah, and oh,
1: that was it. And he just like showed them the old like Batman cartoon, and like with like. You know, I don't know. Probably showed them like Batman or show... Scooby Doo with like yeah. the Joker,
0: or yeah, they would have to show like Adam West Batman or something. Because uh, if they mm. show Batman in the animated series, that that doesn't. Bet, like, Batman Batman the animated series is a more like straight-laced, serious adaptation than this is. I,
1: it's been a minute since I've seen Bat- the Adam West Batman, and I only watched a very, very small amount of clips to make this point. So I, I'm not the most informed at the moment to make this. Statement, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think, think that Tommy Lee Jones's performance as Two Face was crazier than all of the main villains in the Adam West Batman. He is going for it more than Cesar Romero, than Frank Gorshin, than Burgess Meredith. Like, and they're going for it a lot.
0: Well, I mean, let's be real. George Romero wouldn't shave his mustache, so how much could he have committed to the
1: character? Caesar Romero? Right. Or Caesar... You mean Dawn of the Dead? Dawn uh, of the Dead scribe director. Scribe and director
0: George, George Romero. George
1: Romero. <laughs>
0: Caesar Romero.
1: Would have loved to see him in this movie. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Um. So Tommy Lee Jones is... You'd normally say he's having a blast, but he actually might be having the worst time of his life.
0: <laughs> no, which would make him a consummate professional. Yeah. He's like, I hate every second. Of this, <laughs> but I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this scene plays out. You know, Batman saves the guy, and it's just, you know. <laughs> it's it's i have a couple just like random notes about it like the first one is the very very first time we meet chase meridian we are uh led on um very bluntly to the fact that she is so horny for batman
0: oh oh, she has such a wide on for him (laughs) it's crazy
1: it's insane and it never stops it is just well i guess until like later It's like,
0: it's almost to the point where like, you're a psychiatrist and she constantly is like, basically, I don't follow my own psychiatric advice, which is like, that makes you a bad psychiatrist. Yeah. Two, it's like, it's to like nymphomaniac levels. Like you should be diagnosing yourself. It's not okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I also can't help but wonder if Joel Schumacher didn't bother to really give direction to anyone but the main cast. And, and like the the when the acid pours into the bank vault, the the prisoner gives like this delivery of like, oh, no, it's boiling acid. Yeah, As that's like he did it on his first try. And Joel was like, yeah, we got it. Perfect.
0: I, I don't think so. I think he told everyone except maybe maybe the main four or some variation of this. I think he just said, pretend you're a cartoon character. You're probably all right. That. And I think he said that to the main four, but like, yeah. you know, finesse that recommendation a bit. And, and speaking of that, Batman has this
1: electrocuting gadget that he uses on an enemy. And the sound effect is like someone like Michael Winslow or someone literally going, bottle a bottle bottle, bottle bottle. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, it's, yes. it's not quite like, opening sequence of batman and robin bad it's like batman and robin does that times like 20 yeah but it is it is a rough opening sequence and i guess as a kid i was like oh yeah cartoons
0: yeah Um, essentially
1: so the the next part of the movie the next kind of couple sequences involve the really the meeting of bruce meeting chase meridian again as bruce not as batman um, and our introduction to Wayne Enterprises, our introduction to Edward Nigma and e- e- Edward Nigma's very, you know efficient uh, ch- uh, transformation from Edward Nigma Edward to the Riddler persona.
0: It's real fast.
1: It's very fast. And we start with this absolutely horrendous CGI establishing shot, which, again, all CGI in the heels of Jurassic Park just look terrible yeah. until basically there's Jurassic Park, and the matrix and like Titanic, and then everything else is
0: bad. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> I'd said that with absolutely no research. I'll probably take that back. But um, and just thinking about our Event Horizon, also. Uh, so we you know, Bruce come is like doing an inspection or whatnot. He's being led around by Edward Igma's boss, who's played by Ed Begley Jr., which I think is an interesting cameo, I, I guess you could I call for- it.
0: I forgot Ed Begley Jr. was in this, and I immediately perked up when he was on screen.
1: Yeah. It's fun. I'm I'm glad he's here. He's along for this silly ride. And Edward, let to stop calling him by his full name. Ed um, tells Bruce that he's invented this device that can beam any TV signal into the human brain to make them feel like they're in the show. And Bruce immediately realizes that that is super dangerous.
0: It's like, hey, mind control. Great idea, pal.
1: Yeah. Um, and kind of rejects. Ed immediately, which very clearly upsets him, um yes. very much so. So now that we've now we, now that we've actually met Bruce, can, let's talk about Val Kilmer as Bruce and Batman, and then let's talk about Jim Carrey as the Riddler in general.
0: I am um, well. Can we talk about uh Bruce meeting Chase? Oh Meridian, yeah, I'm sorry. Let's, let's Chase Meridian. Yeah, let's do that first. I actually think that the scene is. I think the scene is pretty good and pretty effective i I think it might be the best scene in the entire movie i yeah i agree i think bruce i think their interplay is very good i think the interplay between bruce and chase is like miles and leagues better than the interplay between batman if it weren't for this scene
1: i would say that chase has no defining characteristics other than the fact that she's horny for batman but i think her and her and val kilmer have like fun chemistry in this scene and it gives her slightly more dimension
0: yeah it, yeah it's they they kind of talk about psychological stuff between the two of them bruce sees the rorschach test and sees a bat which it says immediately what the, what the <laughs> fuck else would you see what do you like, come think, on but
1: bruce what the hell are you thinking like well, he just yeah, he, true. like he doesn't even have this moment of like shit i can't believe i just said that
0: like, I I took it as, like, he felt comfortable letting his guard down around her because uh, he sort of has the hots for her. I
1: feel like you're being generous, but, yeah. okay, that's that's fine. I mean, it's like. <laughs> but, like, the like, test could not look, the inkbox could not look more like a bat. It, true, true. But I just, assuming that it doesn't to us, it's just hilarious that Bruce, like, you know, allegedly the world's greatest detective, would um, would immediately be like, oh, yeah, that's a bat yeah no True. be more careful
0: um but you know we get into bruce's past the death of his parents like again like i think this is an effective scene for uh you know sh- having them share information about each other and sort of begin and progress like kind of their relationship
1: yeah and then that scene ends well i mean it begins in a funny way where he doesn't stop to think and like ask if she's okay. He just hears her like fighting and he assumes she's being attacked. Okay. So he breaks okay. down her gigantic door.
0: Uh,
1: uh, and then I just love that he asks her to go to the circus. Like, do you like the circus? My take is who likes the circus? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. So, and we'll get back into like the, the ads, like kind of what happens with ad, but. So Val Kilmer is Bruce and batman i really don't mind it I, I don't i wouldn't like it but i don't hate it either i just hate all the dialogue and uh, everything else surrounding it um i could see like val kilmer around this time in his career being a very competent batman like if you replace michael keaton with val kilmer i think it works
0: yeah. in, in the first two I I actually really like him as Bruce Wayne, uh, more than I thought. I more than I thought I would. I still think <laughs> Keaton obviously overall is better. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I did like him a lot as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Batman. He's like I don't know. He's he's fine. Honestly, like I think the easier role when you're playing Bruce Wayne, Batman is the Batman part.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. So Jim Carrey, he is. Like I mentioned, he's at the absolute height of his powers and popularity at this time. He had just made Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber the year before. And I mean, essentially the, and, the, and the Cable guy, films of all like, time. Yeah. And like even and, and recently also The Cable Guy, for which he was paid the single largest salary at the time that had been ever paid to an actor. And he is very clearly playing... Half Riddler, half Ace Ventura, maybe even <laughs> 75%
0: Ace Ventura, which is, yeah. I'm sure, what they were paying him to do. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I mean, you don't sign Jim Carrey on to play a subdued performance unless it's to the number 23, and in which case it destroys everything. <laughs> or Truman <laughs> but, Show. Or, well, Truman Show is incredible. I don't know. Yes. How that works, it's but- it, It's good. Um, yeah, it's very big Ace Ventura energy, a lot of lot of hip thrusting, a lot of weird like twirl motions. I would say it's way you're right in saying it's way more Ace Ventura than it is this character in dumb and dumber. Um yeah. It's, yeah, it's wild.
1: Um so the the scene when Bruce rejects Ed, you know, he he, he He immediately sees the bat signal and he takes this like insanely dangerous bat shoot that appears to go all the way from the city to his, to Wayne Manor, far outside the city at lightning speed.
0: It looks so fun though. It does. Um, He's on this like brightly lit like like slide. It almost looks like a water slide without the water. And it, yeah, it goes on forever and ever.
1: Yeah. And by the way, where I I guess I said, we were going to talk about the Riddler we were going to get back to his transformation in a second we could then yeah. we could use that because that's when he goes well I guess he goes he goes full Jim Carrey in this next scene where he is I guess working after hours trying to perfect his his invention and he gets caught by his boss Ed um, he threatens to report I'm sorry not Ed <laughs> Fred Fred his boss Fred And Fred threatens to report Ed, and so Ed grabs him, uses him as a human trial, and then kills
0: him. Well, okay, let's camp on on this for a second. Because I didn't really understand at all how the, like, box thing works in terms of Riddler's master plan. No idea. Because his plan is, like, use the box, like drain people's brainwaves and like gain their information and IQ. And that's what he says. But then when like Fred gets up, he seems fine. Well, I think that he
1: doesn't, I think he evolves the idea because this is just where he realizes how well his invention works because he, he says earlier, he never had time to do it on human trials. And so this is his first time realizing the potential that it has. He hasn't uh, come, he hasn't actually decided how to use it yet. but it works on fred and makes fred feel like he's in the show and then fred kind of comes to his senses afterwards but given that it works this way and Ed being an alleged genius he realizes he can tweak it and do what he wants with it later but i agree it's not it's not as explicitly stated until the very end of the movie when batman says his own plan to him
0: yeah (laughs) yeah essentially um, and then it kills him by pushing him out the window, making it look like, you know, an accident or a murder, but by someone else. <clears throat> yes.
1: Um, and the, 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 the doctored footage that he has for Fred killing himself is really funny.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, when we were watching it, Edgar's like, are people going to believe that? And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I think the idea is yes.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, and so Ed kind of before becoming the riddler he or like so he goes to his little tiny apartment and or also he leaves a letter on bruce's desk and i didn't really i didn't go into the riddles and i don't even really remember them either it's not very important um but then after ed leaves that first riddle on bruce's desk in the office ed goes to his little tiny apartment and kind of like That's where he kind of decides to be the Riddler. And then he delivers a second riddle directly to Wayne Manor.
0: What's kind of confusing though, is when he eventually makes his Riddler costume, it's based off of essentially the Riddler, but it's never explained who that character is in this world or why Edward would be attracted.
1: There's just some like machine from like a carnival that, has the same costume and hair. And it's like, and Miranda and I were talking about this, like, did he make that himself?
0: No. Because
1: it, it has red hair. Did he just find something that's really similar to, he's like, oh my gosh, I have to have that. That's me. Well, but he but
0: he doesn't have red hair originally. He has long brown hair. It Does he not have red hair? I thought it was like really no, no, dark no. red he, hair. Uh, maybe. I thought it was like, I thought it was long, dark brown hair. And when he becomes the Riddler, he like cuts and colors it. He he definitely cuts and colors it. My thought was that he already—I <laughs> yes. ar- thought he already had red hair, oh,
1: and then he just makes right. it redder. I mean, may-
0: yeah, maybe. Um, maybe I think way. that
1: because that's stupider, and I think this movie is pretty damn stupid. So it is. I put it, it is past stupid, but
0: regardless, he he like becomes a real supervillain when he adopts this like costume.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot that I I jumped. I I think we might have jumped ahead. Maybe not. I, yeah. Um, with the the circus and such so you know he the reason he goes there is because he shows her the riddle and she's like he's a psychopath like okay no no shit she's really good at at diagnosing other people um, except her her nymphomania
0: yeah that is true
1: (laughs) okay so you want to tell us about the circus scene
0: yeah so uh, they're at the circus which again as a date is kind of horrifying idea And she tells him Um,
1: immediately, she's like, I'm, I'm seeing someone. He's like, what?
0: Yeah. So we're, (laughs) you came here to tell me that. So we're introduced to the flying Grayson's um, who are the acrobatic performers. Um, Two-Face shows up though um, and decides to rob everyone. He descends a giant spherical timer bomb (laughs) for the entire circus to see um Bat- Bruce Wayne tries screaming like I'm Batman you know to sacrifice himself um but can't can't be heard over the cast of the crowd also yeah. I'm like Chase is literally next to you how does she not hear
1: that I, I don't know it's he doesn't try hard enough I'll, that's like I think he says it out loud and then he's like Shit! does anyone hear me? No, no, right, Phew, Let's yeah. let's do this yeah. a different way.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, no one can really do anything, including Batman, until he you know runs away to go Batman up. Um, however, the the flying Graysons, because they're up in uh, in the rafters, they are able to take out uh, Two Face's henchmen. Um, you know, therefore helping and potentially saving everyone. Um, however, uh, while uh, no, not Tim Drake, he's the other Robin. While Dick Grayson is helping uh, deliver the bomb onto the roof um, and getting it away. The Two-Face shoots down the scaffolding, holding his family up. They all plummet to their deaths. Yes. Um, and the Riddler is watching all of this and he is enamored of the idea that Two-Face would also want Batman dead. Yeah. Um, and so gets the idea to team up with him.
1: It's, I, I you know, some, some movies have some really convenient ass shit and I don't know how I, if there's much more convenient in this movie than the bomb being a sphere and the rooftop being rounded and steep.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because the bomb detonates in the water, right? Yeah, it just rolls yeah. off the roof and into the water. Like, um, wow. I will say, uh, in terms of effective shots... I would say the shots um, looking down at Dick's dead family is, is pretty good. That's pretty yeah. dark. And I would say that's, um, that's definitely like a Burton-esque shot that feels mm-hmm. a piece with like Batman Returns. Yeah. I would yeah. say so. Yeah. So um, Bruce has taken some dick. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us yeah, so that. Bruce
1: takes a uh, dick. Um, yeah, he takes him in. He takes him in. Um, yeah. d- You know, Dick initially is just like, no he, he's you know he's a real um
0: he's got some toot he's got some like teenage too, despite the fact that Chris O'Donnell looks to be in his mid-30s uh, yeah so about that I
1: don't believe Val Kilmer and Chris O'Donnell together like they look too similar in age even though I did check and Chris O'Donnell's 25 and Val Kilmer's 36 at this time
0: he was 25
1: I know right they should have hired an actual teenage actor to yeah. do this. I don't know who yeah. was available at the time. I'm not saying this is a joke. I think River Phoenix was dead at this time.
0: Oh, I was going to say Macaulay Culkin.
1: Mm, I don't think you make this movie better. with Baga- that, would, that would be a
0: choice, though. <laughs> it would be a choice. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and, you know, yeah, just bad should we have chris o'donnell corner i mean i guess i don't i thought i had more to say about him than i
0: than i do i, I just, I just think, think it's such
1: a bad casting choice. yeah
0: i think he's woefully miscast um i think if he were like 10 years younger he would be fine i just he's way too old um it's also they make him a college student which like i get it that's a way to age up the character but um yeah i just i don't like i just don't like it i don't like how old he is yeah. um bruce convinces dick to stay Excuse me. I actually think this is a clever, clever idea. He knows Dick loves motorcycles, so he shows him his insane (laughs) garage of motorcycle stuff. Yeah, and kind of casually mentions that some need repairing, and that you know, if he repairs them, he gets to keep one. Um, I thought that was clever on Bruce's part. Uh, Mm -hmm. It makes sense for Dick's character. Yeah, Um, and then you know, Bruce reflects on his own parents' death um, because
1: we have to have that scene in. Because we
0: we really have to have that. Um, Just further mirroring, um, you know, that Dick and. Bruce, or more like than that.
1: Of all the times we've seen Bruce's family's death, a bunch of times, I feel like this one—it's it's somewhat appropriate, just be, from that mirror. But I guess you don't need it. You still don't yeah. really need it. We know, we know it's happened. Like we, well, everyone has. Like the Tim Burton's first Batman movie was insanely popular.
0: I uh I do like though that it's like shown in kind of abstract.
1: We have it, um, smoke. It's,
0: yeah, well, I feel like it's <laughs> a little more abstracted than like a d- direct one-to-one of that scene, which I yeah. kind of appreciate, but yeah, come
1: uh, um, on. Yeah, so Batman gets to do another encounter with Two-Face, which is, it seems kind of abrupt, and I think this whole thing should just have been cut, um, just to make the movie even more mercifully shorter, um, which got to say, I am a fan that it's not two and a half hours long. Um, he gets chased by a bunch of Two-Face's goons uh, and Two-Face in cars. He e- escapes by shooting a grappling hook on a statue at the top of a building, driving up the wall. Two-Face, you know, rah, Toy screaming commercial, in
0: toy anger. commercial,
1: toy commercial. Toy commercial, yep, yeah. exactly. Um, so this is when ed as the riddler persona reveals himself to two-face or re- reveals himself to the audience and meets two-face so he crashes
0: it's, two-faces lair which is not in any way explained how he knew where two faces not was. at all yeah
1: um i there is i think there's someone made a comment or he might have makes a comment about how he found him or like two-face asked how he found him i don't really remember it doesn't really matter um but two-faces lair is yeah, completely split and one side is like nice and the other is like literally looks like what the devil's office would be in hell probably yeah yeah. what you could imagine i also
0: also love his dinners the concept of his dinners also when we get to there uh the concept of his dinners is adopted also by a very evil person in real life do you want to do you want to talk about that yeah the dinners so again like you mentioned his whole hideout is kind of bifurcated into like good and evil Uh, with his dining room table being split down the middle with even the chair being split down the middle between like an angelic side and a devil side. And he gets two complete dinners prepared for him. And one is like this very elegant kind of French meal with like a dessert. Prepared
1: by Drew Barrymore in a thankless role.
0: So here's the thing, Edgar and I were going back and forth as to whether that was Drew Barrymore for basically the entire film interesting Um, and then I was very convinced that it was Drew Barrymore not at first but uh, definitely when she gets I think one line but the one line she gets I was like yeah that's absolutely Drew Barrymore's voice um but it uh, kind of weird kind of weird role very minimal role for her and she was like by 1995 she was like very famous um so kind of strange um but the dinner thing fun trivia fact is that David Miscavige the current leader of Scientology He also will have two completely separate meals prepared for him every single night um, and just have one completely removed and thrown away. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Because he wants to be able to pick. Um, Now, let's keep in mind that he's the absolute leader of Scientology, so he literally can pick the menu or just pick exactly what he wants every single night. But no, he insists that the chef prepare two full meals and just doesn't eat one of them. Oh.
1: Okay. real dick move that's a real dick move um, so uh, let's talk about Jim Carrey as the Riddler for a second so his his hair is now short it was like longer maybe like neck length before maybe a little bit shorter and now it is kind of like very proper I don't know like not spiked up it still looks like kind of well kept, kept. Okay. Um,
0: listen I'm, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna say it as an LGBT, LGBTQIA plus individual myself, mm-hmm. I mean no offense, it's a lesbian haircut. It's the most lesbian haircut I think I've seen ever. Okay. Right? Isn't it a lesbian's haircut? <laughs> I I
1: didn't think of it that way, but yeah. now that you say it, I, I think I agree with that. It is. Um, it is. It, it's, so... I I don't again, like I mentioned, I thought his hair was red. The character's hair was red. And so I was like, why did he just make it redder? But there, there's a lot of, there's very, there's very specific, like flashy choices. I don't know if flashy is not the right word. He's wearing lipstick for one. Yeah. Yeah. His, very, very clearly wearing lipstick. Very
0: clearly wearing lipstick. Also, very clearly wearing like some kind of foundation because the skin is oh, very, yeah, like absolutely tasty
1: um and i just my take was always that this is because action figures look plasticky and so yeah. he needs to look like that too not that 2 Face does necessarily but 2 Face also has a lot more going on physically i mean you got riddler in this like onesie with a bunch of question marks this bright green onesie with a bunch of question marks on it dancing around in a again very skin tight suit um and he his performance is super showy, but you know every time I rewatch this, I feel like Tommy Lee Jones's performance is somehow even more showy. At least for the first like maybe seventy five percent of the movie, because I think he also dials it up. Jimmy Car- Jim Carrey dials it into like a whole nother gear at the end of the movie.
0: True. Or um, by, by the end of the movie, I um I hate that he tosses away the hat because yeah, I, I think he looks really silly, especially with the hair. I think he looks okay with the hat. He looks much sillier with. Out the hat and with yeah. it for sure
1: um very clearly this is like a frank gorshin inspired costume which batman the animated series existed this time i really wish they would have taken a page out of that book not that jim carrey jim carrey would have looked ridiculous in an actual like proper suit that's green like in the animated series riddler but like i just that's the the riddler in the animated series is like my ideal riddler look And I say that even as a lover of the new Batman movie. I think that's that's still not the way I would do the Riddler. I love the animated series Riddler. Yeah,
0: just like blue like sports coat. Or I'm sorry, blue green sports coat, green (laughs) hat, just very minimalistic. Yes. That's it.
1: And just kind of a calmer, like uppity, like I'm like holier than thou. I'm so much
0: smarter than you.
1: Yeah. Uh, Just basically just do John Glover's Riddler from animated series because i just there's just that's a definitive riddler but anyway whatever um so we get this fucking stupid scene of dick grayson whipping around his wet laundry to dry it because he doesn't want to wait like two seconds for
0: alfred i would well it's also supposed to demonstrate how like he can do martial arts kind of
1: doesn't demonstrate that at all just looks silly
0: well i think it's supposed to but also here i'm gonna make a bold claim would you like to hear it Sure. This is the only scene that does not belong in this film. This is the only scene. I I
1: disagree completely.
0: (laughs) Uh, But if
1: you're talking about other scenes, but belonging in the movie for the purpose that they were constructed, like selling action figures, and selling Batmobile, like for instance, like I said, the grappling hook scene with the Batmobile going up the side of the building shouldn't be in the movie. It doesn't make it, it's, it's just, it's weirdly placed. It's just another random encounter with Two-Face and we've already seen like two encounters with him. But if for, the, for the purposes of selling toys, sure. Even though I think it doesn't belong. This has no point whatsoever and is not for selling toys.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say I have a very specific uh, idea of what the movie was trying to achieve um, and I feel that this is the one scene that does not contribute to achieving that effect. All right. And we'll get to that and what works and what doesn't. We next sure, time. We sure. Game and watch <laughs> with Aaron and James. Yeah. <laughs> right, is and this next, where we cut to commercial? Yeah. Next time is happening. Right, right now.
1: now. <laughs> um, so Bruce gets another riddle and then Ed reveals his box and send it sells it commercially to everyone in Gotham i guess they eat it all up We're, there is, is a lot of information we got to process very quickly
0: yeah there is very little uh in the in the way of letting the first generation work out the bugs in Gotham oh, everyone yeah. is just hook line and sinker immediately
1: yep and like i think this is when he reveals his plan i, I don't know if it's two i think it is two two faced And his plan is to read everyone's minds or even if he doesn't, I'm just going to say what his plan is. Anyway, his, his plan is to read everyone's minds, steal their credit card numbers, bank accounts, use their secrets against them. You kind of alluded to this earlier. Um, No one asked him how he went from Wayne enterprises and suddenly has all this money and is an independently successful entrepreneur.
0: See this, I chalked up to he gets massive investment because people see what this thing does and they want to throw money
1: at. It. I I always imagine he was using the money he was getting from his the crimes he's committing with Two Face because you see them like robbing banks and like jewelry oh, stores together. Yeah, that makes and sense. And so, but how did they launder that money? But, but you're at, you're probably right. Like it's just more stupid Gothamites investing in his idea that's
0: crazy do you think they went through like a nail salon to clean their money like jesse does in breaking bad
1: yes yeah i'd love that or just um does jesse go through that too because that's what um what's his name saul goodman does oh does that what you're thinking
0: well i know at some point in breaking bad he at least explains to him the nail salon
1: right 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 yeah it's all connected it's the same universe anyway it's anyway Uh, you want to talk about the sequence,
0: uh, the laser tag sequence? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> okay. So um, Dick knows there's something weird about the door. That's like it's the only door that's locked in the mansion, which Bruce Wayne, you idiot, like keep several doors locked. It's very simple. You're a brilliant man. Just keep several doors locked and be like, you can't go in there instead of having one mysterious door. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Dick is able to sneak in there um he does say out loud he yells now um when he slips into the Batcave cave to who i don't really know
1: no no one it's so no stupid. one
0: but also like couldn't alfred hear him i guess so <laughs> right because <laughs> alfred's like walking away it'd
1: be so funny if alfred just ter- closes the door and then dick just slams into it yeah like, some good physical comedy in this
0: already cartoonish movie um so he steals the batmobile um, he goes joyriding around uh, very irresponsibly, of course. Um, he pulls the Batmobile into an alley that is part of a laser tag set for the <laughs> course. Because yeah. it is entirely lit with black light. And there yeah. are like neon glowing graffiti, I guess, on the wall. But the wall is clearly like not brick. The wall is clearly like a wooden background. Um, so it's very strange. Um, The gang leader has some, like, fun tassels on his sleeve. Um, (laughs) Dick starts fighting these guys off and is doing well, but eventually uh, gets ganged up on. Yeah. Batman shows up to save him, presumably tracking the Batmobile somehow. Um, Dick reveals that he wants to kill Two-Face in revenge um, for killing his family, and Batman tells him that, you know, it's not going to make you feel better. Revenge is not the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Joel Schumacher watched this movie after it was finished, saw this sequence, and said, "This is what all of Batman and Robin is going to be."
0: Basically, yes. Visually, yes. Um, um, yeah. Laser tag arena, just
1: very, very good description of it. I'm very impressed. That's you're dead on. <laughs> um, so. We now have a gala at the Ritz Gotham hosted by Edward uh, I was, showing off his box again.
0: I was thinking about this because I'm sure the Ritz paid for some product placement. I was thinking in an alternate timeline, this would have been the Trump Gotham building.
1: Oh, I bet you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Bruce shows up there. I chases there too. It, again, this is, this is Riddler as Ed kind of hosting this event and, you know, he kind of tries to get in some brags to Bruce and he, his goal is to get Bruce to end up in the machine itself. And it's just funny that Bruce, Bruce goes poking around and he's looking at the, at the, the machine and he's like, he was asking um, Drew Barrymore's character, like, I was wondering how you turn this off. And it is controlled by this green vial of goo. Like you, no sense, no sense whatsoever. And like she shows him, he like pulls it out, and he's just like clever. No, which, it's not. which, which implies also that he has seen this technology before.
0: Well, it makes no sense on a number of levels. First of all, what is the vial of goo? It's not like the vial gets drained of the goo because later when it's pulled out, it's still a full vial. Yeah. Also, the machine does not look in any way like it's interfacing with goo at all. No, it looks like a regular machine. Kinda. <laughs> yeah. Of. And the final thing is, why would Drew Barrymore's character show him how to turn it off? She doesn't, she doesn't work for the Riddler directly, but she's in on yeah. this plan with Two-Face. So why would she be like, hey, here's how you turn it off to just a random dude?
1: Well, I figured it was because she knows who he is. She knows that he's trying to get Bruce in there. And so she, he, he, she knows he'll go in there if he thinks it's not working. Uh, and that, and then they, then he does go in there and they put it back in and it yeah, turns on true. and that's how the riddler finds out that he's batman true. but two-face crashes this party is kind of just sick of riddler taking his time and is getting really impatient because which you know,
0: also the riddler tells him like dude what the fuck like yeah. why are you doing this
1: yeah like you should have consulted with yeah. me first we could have sold the movie rights i think he yeah, actually ah, says yes, yes. come on um so Batman fights some of Two-Face's goons and he ends up, ends up being tricked by Two-Face into going underground uh, where Two-Face tries to blow him up, uh, but the cape has fire resistance. Um, so Batman does not die. Two-Face does more cartoonish, angry noises. Um, and then he starts blowing up the, you know, the underground area and Batman is buried by gravel and then Dick comes and saves him, which I, this is a sequence that I thought was incredible as a kid um high stakes and just like an awesome batman this is honestly one of the probably one of the moments where i'm like i like robin now in general um i didn't dislike robin ever but i think i was just kind of like iffy on it i was like full fully on board for the batman and robin team up at the time um and bruce is kind of resistant at first says he doesn't want a partner but eventually accepts dick as his partner but he does tell him that he is going to see chase and this is like he goes to it's like a it's, it's like a prearranged hookup where i don't know was he planning on keeping the suit on and just putting his dick through the I, hole i
0: don't i
1: don't know i don't who knows um but chase rejects him and says she now that he's here she wishes that she he was somewhere someone else namely bruce um and then he turns around and he smiles at the camera.
0: He sure does.
1: What a he stupid sure movie this does. is. Um, meanwhile, Riddler shows Two Face that Bruce is Batman, and so they go to Wayne Manor. But not before Bruce, I guess, very much uh, now
0: horny for Chase, decides he doesn't want to be Batman anymore. I don't understand. This I don't get really it at, at all. all. Like the implication is that like he wants to to be with Chase, but she, like nothing about like there's no Spider-Man scene where like him being Batman causes him to miss out like on a date with Chase or something. Yeah, like there's no real conflict here except essentially in his mind.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Um, so Two Face and Riddler show up at Wayne Banner, and they kidnap Chase, and blow up the cave And this is, like, when Jim Carrey is, like, full cuckoo bananas Jim Carrey mode. He There's, like, these ridiculous sound effects as he's, like, blowing things up. He yells joygasm. <laughs> yeah,
0: he sure does.
1: Which, I guess, not appropriate um, for kids, while, but while whatever. Hip thrusting. While hip thrusting. In a very skin-tight suit.
0: Yeah.
1: Um... Yeah. And that pretty much just like launches us into the final sequence.
0: So uh, a note about the bat boat and the bat plane. Oh, he
1: also says spank me, which I'm pretty sure is a direct Ace Ventura line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It it really is. Um, But so uh, we get to uh, the point where, you know, it's kind of the climax and uh, the bat boat and the bat wing are taken respectively. Um, how did they not find to blow these up?
1: Great question. Don't yeah. know. Um, this whole final sequence is just—I <sighs> hate it so much. Can, it's can like also, it's unbearable.
0: Can we also talk about how apparently Alfred whipped up a full Robin suit in apparently no time? Yes. What?
1: <laughs> how? I mean, he's like, I, I took the—I li- took—I took the liberty.
0: <laughs> yes that is what he said oh, like the same way you take the liberty to like move someone's shoes to like the closet or yeah. something like that i took the liberty of designing a fully fleshed out weirdly muscular robin suit yeah yeah yeah
1: i have a lot of thoughts um yeah. I guess I was about to say, in the interest of time, I'll try to keep them short. But whatever, we, we this have this, to, this could be a two-hour yeah, episode. We
0: really have to lean
1: um, in. because um, this. Yeah, this is. I think the the, the end of this movie is next-level awful. Like the the <laughs> the, the lair, <laughs> these scary. like green brain waves circling around it. It is. It is like everything this movie was doing, like taken to a whole
0: second gear. Also, uh, in terms of how stupid the lair is, the lair has essentially no functionality whatsoever. None. It literally exists to have to be uh, a room in a sense. To piece. be to be a room with a throne in the middle. Yeah, there, there's it.
1: a throne in the middle that's like covered in cloth, as if like it just they like he's the place was condemned or something like. The, it's, there's green yeah. lights everywhere. There's these white strobe lights, which is just hard to watch. And there's like, like
0: question marks everywhere. everywhere. Like again, there's no functionality here. Like this was designed, like you said, to be a set piece and nothing else. I,
1: I hate it so much. And yeah. speaking of that, like we, like we find out that there, that it lifts off the base of the Island for no reason at all. Yeah. There's no reason we have to do it. And like I mentioned, like these, these, these green, like brain waves circling around it, it. like did, did they let him have this island with no city oversight or anything well
0: i i imagine that he had brainwashed so many people by this point i i guess
1: and like it's just
0: and like how does he sh- so the riddler shoots batman out of the sky i was very shocked at how little actual time the bat plane got which again toy 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 yeah, like right it gets barely any screen time but how does he shoot it out of the sky? he It's like a blast of green energy. But the green energy we've seen and will see later is like all of the like mind waves and like secret information that the Gothamites are like leaking. Yeah. So I don't really understand how like it just becomes like a generic like like a beam attack from Dragon Ball Z. And I don't understand how it goes from one of those things to the other. I don't
1: either it's there's just so many choices that were made for this ending sequence and it's they're all all bad all of them
0: speaking of bad give us a give us this choice Robin line <laughs> holy rusted metal Batman <laughs> yes and then he and, clarifies and, but but hold on I just thought that that was just a genuine declaration and I was just like all right we're just we're, they're really going for it um, but no, they try and twist that into like a funny, haha. Um, but I almost think it would be better if they just left it. I
1: sure. I mean, yeah, it would be better.
0: Robin still is still bad, des- but is describing metal that he is standing on that is both rusted and has holes. Therefore, <sighs> holy rusted metal, Batman yep i think it would have just been better if they just left it as just just as holy roasted metal batman
1: yeah but go um on. yeah so so robin fights two-face um knocks him off like, this is after the the lair has already started to lift up and he knocks two-face like off and two-face is like about to die and then he's hanging on the edge and robin saves him uh, and then two-face puts a gun on him because
0: duh which t- although which really kind of undermines the lesson that batman is trying to teach him yeah it's like no don't kill that won't make you feel any better and he doesn't kill two-face and saves him and then two-face immediately is like well i guess i can murder you now
1: yeah and, and meanwhile batman is trapped in this like slowly lowering platform um these like with these dull looking blades like that are gonna crush him if he doesn't decide to move, take one step to the side or something. Uh, It's like, it's like an Austin Powers, like parody type, like
0: mechanism, but in a, in a movie, that's trying to be somewhat serious. Also, it's weird in that, like, this seems like a very standard Batman situation that he should be able to get out of very easily. Like besides from just stepping to the side, like he should have a gadget that can easily you know
1: get him out of and he does do a little bit of you know batman magic or whatever to get himself out of it and he is in the center of the riddler's uh visually offensive lair i don't know how he can see with all the lights and strobe lights everywhere and he the riddler makes batman choose between saving chase Or Robin, both of whom he's captured. and So if I may interject.
0: Of course. So essentially, this is about as high stakes as the choice in The Dark Knight when Joker gives him the choice between rescuing Harvey Dent and rescuing Rachel Dawes. Would you say it was about beat for beat the same? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I just remember pausing and turning to Edgar and going, I know you don't know how, but a similar situation arises in another Batman movie that is a master class and this yeah. is like a crayon drawing. <laughs>
1: yes, a crayon drawing. Absolutely. Um so Batman gets out of the situation by actually not doing something that smart. I mean he, he's just basically like you're gonna drop them both or no matter what I do like I can't win. So he decides to throw a batarang at what exactly
0: I, I, who i don't know <laughs> it's like know. riddler
1: is underneath this like crazy like central control mechanism like they, whatever like, it's like where all the brain matter is stored or something and he breaks it and riddler's like no like like in shock like the one thing like why would you have this power source out in the open like <sighs> uh, so many bad choices in the design of this the the construction of this layer and so both Robin and Chase are dropped and bat while well, Riddler is being, I don't know, brain scrambled or whatever. We'll get to Can that in we, a second.
0: Yeah. We need to, we
1: need to talk that. about the ugly yeah. makeup on yes. him Yes. Uh, where he looks like the freaking elephant man. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Batman goes and he saves both Robin and Chase from falling and they kind of end up on like that metal knife platform that I mentioned before. Um, and two face shows up. I don't know how, um, he's just there all of a sudden. And he's like, all right, I'm done with this Riddler stuff. I'm going to just going to kill you. And Batman says, you know, Two-Face, you're always a, you're always of two minds of everything. You need to flip a coin before you decide to kill us. And this is the one, this is what we said earlier, the time where like the, the, almost the only time you get a Harvey Dent performance.
0: Well, also it's like Chekhov's Chase Meridian advice because she does tell him at the beginning, like his coin is everything to him. Yeah, I think this is supposed to be a payoff to that, but it just it just comes off as really stupid. And like
1: so. So as he flips his coin, Batman throws a bunch of coins into the air, which from where from where from where? Yeah. And Two-Face. So Two-Face can't find his. And in that scramble to try to catch his falling coin, he falls to his death. So Batman murders Two Face after he told I mean,
0: essentially <laughs> after he told
1: uh, Robin just to, not to not do that.
0: Um, but then it, there's like a there's a shot where there's like a cut of like Batman and like Robin looking at each other. That that's like Robin's like, "Hey, thanks for killing him, so I don't have to." And Batman being like, "I did." Don't this. mention it. Like <laughs> yeah. I did it for you. Yeah. Very strange.
1: Um, as a kid, I thought this was the most ingenious way to kill one of my favorite villains ever, and I thought it was a masterpiece. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's like... I, I think, loved
1: this so much. I think
0: maybe the little kid in you, like, didn't know enough about films or plots to understand that they, no, che- sure they love Chekhov's gun, but this is a very hand-handed Chekhov's gun that I think if you were, like, eight or nine would be very fulfilling.
1: Yeah. Um, so the riddler has had something happen to him
0: he just again terrible cgi like oh yeah basically they took the like stretch Mm. and pinch tool on some basic (laughs) computer program and just stretched and pinched with a riddler's face in various positions yeah what do you what do you think It's, it's it's
1: that that is even like the it's it's Looks stupid, but like the what looks even stupider is what's happened to him physically. Like you, you, you see him like his like suit is like kind of tattered, and his head is disfigured. I had to I, like I, every time I've seen this, I like almost want to pause it because like his head is very clearly like not shaped the same way. They have this weird prosthetic makeup on him that honestly makes him look a little like Elephant Man like. <laughs> I don't understand the choice. Like, did it warp his ins? I mean, he's, but then he's looks kind of normal the last time we see him.
0: Yeah. I think it's supposed to, like, you know, like the villain's supposed to be punished for their villainy. And so, you know, instead of Batman beating it up, it's like his device turns on him. Yeah. I guess I, I you know, that's, that's, you know, that's going more than 50% of the way to explain.
1: Right. It. But, um, so yeah, that's really the end of the movie. Riddler's put in Arkham. He Chase comes to see him because he's claiming that he knows who Batman is. That's and then when Chase, this,
0: this I did not remember, and this I actually genuinely liked. It, it's funny. It
1: it, it, it actually kind of seems somewhat in, in line with like a, a Riddler who's gone crazy. It does. It does. Um, yeah. says he knows who Batman is, and when he's confronted by Chase, you know he claims that he's Batman. Which you could see that kind of a thing kind of coming from the animated series. Yeah. You know? Um, all right. What
0: works about this movie, in your opinion? Um, okay. Are you ready for this? I sure am. Um, everything about this film works with the exception of the laundry karate scene. No. Now here's... Hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> like, go with me here. Now, I'll try. from the first moment, I, I laid out eyes on this film. And as I remembered it, even, I remember being like, this is very intentionally a cartoon. This is very intentionally a live action cartoon for all the reasons we talked about. The colors, the emphasis on like probably toys, all of that, um, the characterization, et cetera, et cetera. If the goal for this film was to make A live-action Batman cartoon I think on every level it succeeds Um, minus the weird laundry karate Um, now do I like the movie no not really Um, I think it's ridiculous I think it has funny moments unintentionally Um, I think it's way too over-the-top I think it's loud I think it's annoying um however that's just doing it through a general movie lens uh you know but viewing it through the lens of like what i think they were trying to pull off i think they actually like a plus it
1: um (laughs) fine fine actually okay
0: two two things the karate actually (laughs) they're all robin centric the the karate laundry scene and his age i would change both
1: I, I guess if you want to talk about like did they accomplish their goal, sure, but it's still I think objectively bad. It's oh bad, yeah, bad it
0: is, it's objectively terrible. It is. Um,
1: so I, I, I mean, to be a little granular, I guess like what I have is like what works is that Val Valhalla's fine as Batman and Bruce. It's this movie is mercifully not two and a half hours i feel like in this age of superhero movies this movie would have been like two and a half hours and that would have been just awful um nicole kidman is entertaining her insane like horniness is and like her and batman like her specifically her and batman they're like dumbass banter is kind of funny
0: it's kind of actually shocking to see her in this role Mm -hmm. especially the way the role is written because yeah Nicole Kidman is like a class act and this is not.
1: <laughs> yeah, like Tommy Lee Jones is really going for it. That's that's entertaining. There's these little like comic booky things that that, that happen in the movie that this movie gets like a, so it gets like a little bit of that comic vibe half right. Like the dumb grunts, like calling two-face face is a nickname. Like that's super cartoony. Yeah. And I think kind of realistic in that sense. Um that said, I think this movie is really bad. Uh, I it's, I don't know how many more times in my life I'm going to watch it. Uh, pretty much everything else to me doesn't work. The costumes, the set design, the direction, the Dutch angles, the over-the-top acting, and the all-around you know, buffoonery. Uh, unsanctioned. I, you the unsanctioned say. buffoonery. Uh, the CGI, Chris O'Donnell's existence in this movie, it, it's all pretty bad. I have a question for you yes uh, would this movie be better if it was in black and white and how much better? Um, I'm gonna say no. I'm just gonna say no I wouldn't I think it would. I think I would I, I hate the visuals of this movie so much that I, I actually think that making this movie black and white, would like if i was to rate this movie i would like if i i've rated it on like letterbox i give it a 1.5 out of 5 i would give it probably a 2.5 out of 5 if it was in black and white are you the, trying
0: the, to are you trying to the mist this movie
1: yeah i'm or in more recent i'm nightmare Elliot or logan it
0: oh okay
1: um okay. i just i think the visuals and the colors of this movie is one of the ma- like major major reasons this movie is so bad I think the black and white would make this a very different experience. It there's a I'm lot like, of the cartoonishness that it would seem almost weirder in black and white, but yeah. visually, I think that it could, it would actually be very interesting. I would watch this. I would actually be very interested in watching this movie in black and
0: white. I, yeah, I would be curious, watch the movie in black and white and cut out 50% of the sound effects Yes. And I feel like this would be a very different one.
1: Yeah. The sound effects would take you right out of the whole black and white, like any vibe, that the black and white sets up some of the stupid ass things in this movie, like sound wise, dialogue wise um, would that, I mean, that would like really take you out. And speaking of dialogue, just a couple, again, I hate the dialogue of this movie too. Um. <laughs> There's a there's that encounter with Chase where she or, or where where Bruce says that he you know he's helping like strangers he's never met which is just really bad writing. Strangers I've never met are strangers. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the these like James Bond like lines like she's like says her name is Chase and adds like and what a great pursuit you must be. Um, I
0: I like that I, I like that that gave me that put a smile on.
1: What me. I what I do like is. The shitty delivery and some like sometimes random like um extras like talking in the background when Batman crashes through the ceiling at the Ritz Gotham. The guy, I think it's the guy from the beginning of the movie too. The the guy who was kidnapped by Two Face. No,
0: not acid. He goes. He goes. Batman. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's pretty and funny. I uh I yes, I remember that and thinking I was like I wonder if he just chose to do that and yeah. Joel Schumacher just left it in. Or like that guy like
1: signed up to be another extra and he's just like yes. Who let that guy in here? Yes. Um <laughs> like it was unscripted like someone they're like right, now no. yeah. the direction was like now everybody react realistically to batman crashing the party <laughs> this guy was like batman yeah i mean someone would say that probably. probably
0: yeah
1: um all right if this was a game which it was
0: which it was we should talk about that for at least a minute uh yeah it was a terrible game
1: pretty terrible it was this beat up game that was really hard from what i remember i never finished it um
0: also, from what i remember it was almost a fighting game it's it just, is it, it's, it's, a, it's a fighting a, game engine
1: it's a beat it's a beat-em-up game with like the enemies are just like motion captured like sprites and batman is hilariously walking around the entire time with his fists like circling (laughs) like (laughs) like put up your dukes
0: yes um and then if i remember correctly some of the characters have really weird bespoke individual names so well for no reason
1: yes uh and some like grunts are like names and the one takeaway i had is that at the very end of the game I do know the Riddler turns into this, like, giant, like, jacked Riddler, and his name is Big Riddle. <laughs> Go and watch a YouTube video oh after this. Oh, my God, I
0: have to. It's
1: so funny.
0: Oh, Big Riddle. Yeah. Oh, which is, which <laughs> is predictive of the uh, roided out Joker. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yep.
0: All right. Um, so I guess
1: if this was a different game, I would have it maybe be this like weird interactive, like psychological thriller, like where you play as chase and you try to help your patients out.
0: I like, yeah. And like, maybe like you a, know, uh, like a Phoenix, right.
1: Or even like a telltale Batman, but you're oh. only playing as chase and you're trying to sleep with Bruce. I, yeah, I like,
0: that.
1: and then I have to say this cause I, uh, I might've uh, had some drinks and worked on this. Uh, some of my um segments oh please and i have something written down that i have no idea what i was thinking of uh and so i'm just gonna say it and i'll let you try to just uh, we'll just both try to imagine what i might have thought i wrote sure. down batman paint Bat-
0: oh okay batman paint I, maybe so. i was thinking mario paint but yeah. like what what
1: about mario paint i have i don't remember i mean mario paint with, but with batman I, I guess. Um,
0: I often have really great ideas for novels or movies or whatever when I'm high, mm-hmm. and I'll write them down and then completely forget about them and go back to them later, <laughs> and wonder what I meant. And one that I was looking at today from like weeks ago, it just said novel idea colon. A detective agency where the detectives turn into animals to solve crimes.
1: <laughs> wouldn't you Wouldn't you read that or watch it? It's like the Animorph police force. Yeah!
0: Oh my god! <laughs> okay, we have to move on so I can start writing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay. The video game I did was uh, pretty, like, I, if I was going for a pretty standard adaptation, um, I did like a four or even like a two-player Marvel Ultimate Alliance alike. Oh, okay. Um, maybe two-player makes more sense, but Batman and Robin would obviously be the main characters. I was thinking if you wanted to do four, you could do Alfred and Commissioner Gordon. Um, obviously, the pool of characters would be very low, but you could do yeah. much more with, like, customizability and character trees. Um, and then you would unlock, like, the villains to play as, like, for fun or unlock maybe other Batman characters who don't even appear in the movie um, just as, like, extra characters and, like, special unlocks. Okay. So pretty I like boring, that. but basic.
1: I think it would be the best possible video game we could get is Batman forever Two: return of big Riddle. big riddle. Oh my,
0: (laughs) be still my heart.
1: Yeah. Um, what do you have for kingdom hearts corner? Which as we mentioned before, it's on,
0: it's on its last leg. Okay. We're we're going to keep it
1: going for one more week.
0: It's on its last leg because I didn't even think about it. Um, okay. Oh, that's fine. So I'm going to say the world is Gotham. Um, we could do the plot loosely, but we'll have Joker and Riddler be taking orders from a member of Organization Thirteen. Yep. And instead of stealing, you know, the brainwaves, they're stealing people's hearts. Um, I'm gonna say the keyblade is called uh, Razor Wing. I'm gonna say not
1: Joygasm. Called,
0: not Joygasm. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's called Razor Wing. It has like the curves of a battering The keychain is a battering. Um Going with that. Uh, okay. The keyhole is in Chase Meridian's uh, amygdala, uh, center of her brain. Um, <laughs> That's what you and... said. The
1: last like five keyholes
0: were. <laughs> no, I said I said the corpus callosum. Oh, you're right. You
1: time. did. You did. You so did. So now
0: I'm gonna say the amygdala. Okay. Um, and then anything else?
1: No. I, and and like plot-wise and location, you did, had basically exactly what I had. So here's my keyblade. Uh, it's called Kiss from a Rose.
0: Oh. It.
1: uh it's a rose adorned black keyblade with a batarang uh, as the blade uh, and the okay, keychain is like one of those green bat bombs the riddler uses to blow up the bat cave
0: ah uh, that's that you a plus it. i did that
1: thank you i wanted I, to I, go all out for one of the very last king i c
0: minus it.
1: um did you a plus the fan fiction
0: um you know what i give the fan fiction actually like a solid b plus
1: Yeah, I would too. Um, I found four things, but I'd like to hear yours first. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like at least one
0: overlap. I found two uh, because it was difficult to find Batman Forever uh, specific fan fiction. Yeah. So um, the first one I found is called Batman Forever, um, parentheses 1995.
1: I think I saw that
0: one too. (laughs) Yeah. um, So here's the plot synopsis. A month after the Penguin's reign of terror had ended, so again, this is like a sequel to Batman Returns. Less so, less so, Batman. Very forever. much, very much. Yeah, so. Max Shrek's son, Chip Shrek, <laughs> blames Batman and the city of Gotham for his father's death and decides to sue. Which was your favorite chapter of this? So number one is called Two Faces Escape. Which, <laughs> unless I miss something, Two Face doesn't escape. <laughs> no, he just <laughs> he, the, he just to the cast the entire <laughs> time. <laughs> Well, also he doesn't list the cast. He, like, oh, you're right. He he, point by point, like it's almost the um the stage directions for everything that's happening. Yeah. So we get uh, parentheses. Q. Elfman's music, Goldenthal styling, Goldenthal music, Elfman style whenever needed. So also Elfman scoring again, which Elfman did not score. Bannon um the warner brothers logo along with this background turned dark blue. the warner brothers logo fades out like in the previous two films which is very strange um intro takes place all throughout the inside of bruce wayne's brain as the intro travels through it surrounded by trillions of overworked neurons <laughs> in this case they flipped the schumacher burton directing production duties yeah also can we look at the cast list because it includes the original cast Yeah, michael keaton billy d williams still jim carrey as um as kim basinger kim basinger robert wool brad dorif who's brad dorif gonna play i don't know maybe chip i i I mean i love
1: that's gotta be it right he plays a lot of weird characters so does christopher walken you know
0: yeah i love blad brad dorif as an (laughs) actor so i'm excited so yeah it goes on and on like that um again it's called two faces escape two face does not escape it just lists the credits yeah um, the other one I found was called Darker Batman Forever. Did you, no. did you find that? No, I di- no, I did not. Let's okay, so uh, this is an excerpt. It is four chapters. I believe it does not finish uh, the plot of the film. Um, but uh, I'm going to read this this excerpt from chapter three. Dick himself was 16 and looked similar to his mother, except having a male face and light brown hair. A person came into the dressing room and said, "You guys are on in 15 minutes." <laughs> thanks john said well megan said time for the show you're gonna watch dick mm-hmm. if you had a chance wouldn't you watch picasso paint of his masterpieces dick simply asked you've been it you've been in it a hundred times though jim pointed out the day we get tired of doing it is the same day i'll get tired of seeing it dick said see you later john said dick's mother kissed him on the forehead and the three left dick sat for a moment and then got up to go sit in the audience does that seem like a darker take on batman forever to you (laughs) no does that does that seem like a dark grim um take on this film it just seems like very boringly written dialogue between dick and the members of his family who are not properly introduced or named yeah um so yeah oh also the description is a darker version of batman forever this is how we feel Tim Burton would have done it. Um, <laughs> no. You think Burton would have done that scene that way, huh?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Anyway, what did you find? <clears throat>
1: uh, the first one, well, I also found that Batman Forever one, you, the first one you talked about, but I found another one called Scarred Legacy. Oh, uh, please. I, I, do, I don't have any really great like lines to read from it, but I'll just tell you the synopsis, which speaks volumes. There's only two chapters. It's one of those like stopped writing in the middle of it but it was it's surprisingly like it's thoroughly written. Um, Chase Meridian is the star of it. And she is scarred from the events of Batman forever. And she also gets literally scarred with it, the same acid as two face. Oh my God. Okay. And I know. she becomes another two face named contrast.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Are you mocking this or no. do you think it's as awesome as I do?
1: <clears throat> oh, uh, I mean, I think it's really interesting. I, I, I wouldn't say awesome because I haven't, I guess had enough time to sit with it, but it was entertaining.
0: Have you read uh, Flashpoint or seen the Flashpoint movie? No, where uh, the Joker in that version of reality is actually Martha Wayne. No, which is actually awesome. Wow, that is interesting. Yeah, Yeah. because she loses, she lost her husband, and in a way, she lost her son.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, The other one I found is called Christmas Cheer, (gasps) which capitalizes off of the bff relationship that two-face and riddler have i I didn't spend any time talking about that when we talked about the plot of the movie but i really even as a kid i could not stand them being like that like buddy buddy hugging each other i'm like that's not what villains villains don't like goof off together like this um well this this is like this fan fiction is just like a very short short story and it is very much in the two-faced riddler are in love with each other um and it's just them kissing under a mistletoe and harvey feeling at up under his christmas sweater
0: that sounds delightful what else yeah have you got?
1: i i've got one more and it is just worth because it's I, it was so odd that i it's like three sentences it's called impressed and the 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 what's it called the abstract is just like it says chase has a crick in her neck batman forever drabble. dr chase meridian slash bruce wayne and it's <laughs> i'm just gonna read the whole thing chase could feel a crick in her neck developing and rubbed at it hoping it would go away why had she, why had she had to look up at the batman swooping through the gotham night sky gawping like everyone else after all she knew who the man in the suit was she knew intimately As intimately as she could have wished when she'd first encountered the Batman, Chase knew precisely why she had looked up and stared, because he was impressive, in more ways than one. She wondered if Bruce was equally good at massage. The crick in her neck was his fault. That's the end. (laughs) Okay, well... Some people... I just want to give, you know, those people deserve their fan fiction read aloud in a podcast that they'll never listen to.
0: Yeah, I am very down for the abstract vignette fan fiction. I feel like we don't get those enough. I agree. Um, It's a lot of very badly written, pretty by the numbers plots. I will say this. I believe that Batman Forever warrants fan fiction. I do too. I also think that this one may be one of the rare instances where a film is so batshit and off the wall again pun intended that i think this is one of the few franchises well no this movie specifically one of the few pieces of media where i think that a a, a sonic crossover would not actually be that out of place
1: i think no yeah i really this wouldn't
0: world i think sonic <clears throat> and knuckles could exist
1: like if you told me that these new sonic movies with like Jim Carrey as Eggman there. And if you told me like Gotham city from Batman forever is part of that universe, I would say that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the, I think it's maybe the only media we've done so far where this is Sonic deserves to be in it
1: until we do a Sonic game
0: until we do a Sonic
1: game. (laughs) And maybe he won't, he might not deserve to be in that game. Um, Uh, Yeah. Or movie. Uh, So what have you been up to?
0: Um, I have a big old exam coming up on Friday. It's yeah. uh, my behavior analysis exam, so I've been studying, studying, studying. Um, and actually, when I do have some spare time, I uh, as basically as a result of seeing the Batman a couple of weeks ago and knowing that we were doing this episode, I've been watching a few episodes of the cartoon The Batman. Oh, I've never um, seen
1: it. Is it good?
0: I have never seen it either. It is. Uh, yeah. It's a Batman animated series that I missed.
1: Yeah. I, have um, I've had it on my radar. I just never bothered to check it out.
0: I, uh, I think it's good. Um, if you take it on its own merits uh, the show was made pre uh, the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's a little more bombastic and a little more high energy uh, than you would expect for okay. a Batman show but given the time period i think it makes sense also bruce wayne is much younger Hmm. um like i think he's still in his 20s uh in this incarnation um so that's also kind of different and um you actually see him make a lot of mistakes um which i like Hmm. so i think it's worth checking out i've only watched the first four but um i'm probably gonna continue nice how about you
1: been playing a ton of elden ring and i only watched like one movie in the last week, aside from this movie, and that was Jurassic Park. just rewatched that yesterday
0: um Jurassic Park is I think my number one favorite movie of all time.
1: I know it is
0: yeah we we'll have
1: to do it sometime i'm just i I was gonna say like nothing else about it like it's say one of the best movies, and you know.
0: I would actually almost rather do a deeply flawed Jurassic Park, like three or I, *Fallen Kingdom*.
1: I haven't seen *Fallen Kingdom* yet. I'm
0: sure I'd oh. hate it. Uh,
1: I think three is good.
0: I, I again, I think at what it sets out to do, I think three is fine. Um, but I think we should do *Fallen Kingdom* because it's so weird, and also it's by turns good and horrifically bad.
1: Interesting. I like um, Jurassic World was. Fine. I, to be honest with you, Jurassic Park is never a franchise that I cared about. I, I loved the first one. I think, I, well, I it's not that I never cared. It's like, I thought The Lost World, I was excited to see The Lost World. I wasn't impressed with it. I kind of almost begrudgingly saw Jurassic Park 3, but mainly because I like Sam Neill and he was back. And I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed Jurassic Park 3. It is a really like brisk movie.
0: Uh, it's, it's a, it, yeah it's it's a tight 90 minutes it, yeah. um, and the majority of that 90 minutes is like intense dino encounters very much so um yeah.
1: and then jurassic world i was just you know whatever and then fallen king I, I was not motivated to see fallen kingdom
0: at all fallen kingdom is very much like what if we grafted this entirely separate genre of film onto the genre, like Jurassic Park movies are essentially a genre at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, What if we grafted an entirely different genre of film to a traditional Jurassic Park movie and then see what happens? And Interesting things happen. Um, it's it's an experience. Um, I, I strongly would well, like you to see it.
1: I a... will definitely see it because I want to see the newest one only because the gang's back. Yes, yes. And I I've got to see that. Um, well,
0: um, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Michael Goldberg. Michael Goldberg. Um, <laughs> uh, Jeff Goldblum, not Michael Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff <Goldblum. laughs> I have been like miss miss saying names really badly lately. <laughs>
1: like um, Scooby the dew
0: like Scooby the dew This one's
1: um, a, a bigger misstep, I would say.
0: Yeah, it is. Michael Gold. <laughs> Michael
1: Gold. Like here's like Sidney Rose, <laughs> Rosenbaum. <laughs>
0: um. No. Uh, who? Yes, that guy. <laughs> what is his real name? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum um jeff goldblum uh shows up in fallen kingdom as well
1: i and that was almost enough to get me in the theater but it yeah. ultimately was not
0: enough yeah so well that was this was jurassic park 3
1: <laughs> this was *Batman forever
0: oh that's right so,
1: uh tune in next week for a very special episode that i will not reveal here no revealing no revealing um but until next time
0: Uh, give the Grinch a check if you haven't seen it before. Damn right.